Welcome to the Three Creeks Church Podcast. We're a church in Gahanna, Ohio, that exists to help people find and follow God. We hope this message encourages you, challenges you, and helps you discover how much God really loves you. Good morning, Three Creeks. I hope that you guys are well this morning. Before I even start, can we just stop and acknowledge Aaron Davis and all the heroes that we've gotten to hear about? I have loved this part of the series where we're not just diving into the Bible to hear about, hey, maybe here's a name that you haven't heard about, or here's maybe a story that you've heard of, but you haven't really dove into. So it's so cool to hear, not just in the Bible, hearing more about what God is doing in and through people, but in our own church in real time. What is God doing in and through people? So um, love that this is a part of this series. Thankful for Aaron and what he does. And... Um, guys, I'm really excited and super honored to be up here today for this last week of the Heroes You Haven't Heard Of series. Um, like Morgan said, my name is Stephanie Cossip. I go here to Three Creeks, and I actually am going to pray before I start talking and just throwing things about the Bible around. So let's pray together. Um, God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for just this church and this home that you have given us. I pray that you would give us just exactly what we need this morning for each person sitting here. I pray for my own mind to be clear, for my words to not be any more or any less than exactly what you want to give this morning, and I pray that you would just use it. We love you, and we trust you. Amen. So what we are hoping that you leave with this morning as you walk out the door and you hear about a hero that you haven't heard of is not necessarily that you hear a really cool story about a hero. Um, so Joel Trainer, who is our pastor, he's actually the one that kind of coined this phrase that if we could pull these heroes up on stage and we'd say, man, we've, we just have heard about your story in the Bible. Could you tell us more about it? Tell us about this really cool thing you did. You were a king. You were a warrior. You were a priest. You were a missionary. You delivered Paul's letters to these new churches. Tell us more about it. What all of these heroes would say is say, actually, I think you need to pivot your questions. It's not about me. It's not a story or a highlight about this specific person in their biography. Every single person that we've talked about in this series is really a story about God and what God does in and through people. And today, as we talk about somebody, um, we are really going into a hero that you may not have heard of. And not only that, but I mentioned we've talked about warriors like Gideon. We have talked about royalty like um, Jonathan, who was the son of a king. We've talked about missionaries. And so we've talked about these really cool things that fit in that hero box, right? Um, whether they're a hero you've heard of or not, when you think of a hero, you think of names like that. But today, the hero that we're going to talk about may not be somebody that you hear their job description and you're like, oh, that's a hero. Definitely somebody that God can use for big things because it's more of a normal, average, everyday job description. And the hero we are talking about today, his name is Bezalel. And it's okay that there's crickets in here when I say that name. I didn't really know the name either before I was diving into the Bible. And he is introduced in Exodus, which is the second book of the Bible, so really early on. And something that's really cool about the fact that he's introduced so early on in Scripture, 
There are 66 books in the Bible, right? Exodus is the second book. And by that time in the Bible, there were very few people that were described as called by God and filled with his Holy Spirit. So Bezalel is actually one of the first people in the Bible that has that description. And when you hear that description, you're like, okay, well, what made him that important? That he'd be one of the first people described that way. We definitely should dive in and hear more about that hero. That's a hero that I may not have heard of, but it sounds pretty important to me. Um, before I talk about what made Bezalel a hero, I want to just paint a little bit of the picture of how he gets introduced on the scene. It is actually God himself that introduces Bezalel. We're eavesdropping in a conversation that God is having with Moses. And in the book of Exodus, the people of God, the nation of Israel, they have been freed from slavery in Egypt. They're on their way to the promised land of Canaan. They're not going to get to Canaan soon. They're going to be in the wilderness for 40 years first. And so Moses has been given this task of being the leader for this entire nation that is homeless and wandering in the wilderness. So if I was Moses, I would probably be talking to God often as well, where God, it's like, God, who even are you? We need to learn who you are. Who are we in light of who you are? And it's in one of these conversations that God has given so much information to Moses. He tells him the Ten Commandments. He gives the law to Moses. He tells all these instructions to Moses about how the people should live. And then in that conversation with Moses, God says, and it is so important to me that I can dwell among my people. It is so important to me to be in relationship with my people. So what I need is for you guys to make a tabernacle. And a tabernacle is essentially a sanctuary on the go. The people are on the go, so the sanctuary has to be able to move. So just like Three Creeks has a setup and teardown team, the nation of Israel had a setup and teardown team for their little sanctuary, wherever they went. And in Exodus, as God is introducing the tabernacle, he talks for five chapters about the instructions for the tabernacle. From Exodus 25 to 30, we hear every single detail about the tabernacle that we could ever want. And it's honestly the kind of scripture that if you are ever trying to read your Bible in a year, that's one of those chunks of scripture where you're like, you know what? maybe I'll read my Bible in a year next year. This isn't the year for it. And so because of that, I think that's why we might miss Bezalel, because it's at the end of that description that God says to Moses, here's what God says. In Exodus 31, starting in verse 1, the Lord says to Moses that I have chosen Bezalel. I've filled him with the Holy Spirit, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of crafts. And then God himself goes to say that Bezalel is a master at every craft, which probably pretty high compliment coming from the creator himself. And then God tells Moses, this is the one that I want to make the tabernacle according to the instructions that I just gave you. And in all of that, so we hear, like I said, he might not fit what you expected of a hero. He's not a priest. He's not a king. He's not royalty. Bezalel is a craftsman and he is an artist. He has a creative mind. He works with his hands. He knows how to work with silver. He knows how to embroider. And he is a creative hands-on person. And God saw that as so important that God wanted to stop us all as we were reading Exodus for we, so that we could focus in so that he could honor this artist that was so essential in becoming a part of how God could dwell among his people. 
So today, I'm going to, this morning, share four things about Bezalel as we see how God has a mission to be in relationship with all people, and his people are a part of that plan. So that is kind of our big idea today, and we're going to see how Bezalel fits it in four points. And before I share the first point, if you want to follow along in your Bible, we're going to be in Exodus 35, starting in verse 30. And if you're like me and you notice that we just said 31, but then we said 35, Exodus 31 is where God is talking to Moses and introducing Bezalel. And then when we skip ahead to Exodus 35, starting in verse 30, that's Moses talking to the people and giving God's message to the people. And then that's where the work can actually begin. And so that's why we're kind of skipping ahead. If I know that there's at least one person sitting in here, if I didn't acknowledge that, you'd be like, but you said 31 the whole time so far. So our first point is that Bezalel was empowered by God in who he already was. You probably heard this as I quoted what God said and God's conversation with Moses, but let's look at the scripture and read it for ourselves. So then Moses told the people of Israel, the Lord has specifically chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, grandson of Hur of the tribe of Judah. The Lord has filled Bezalel with the spirit of God, giving him great wisdom, ability, and expertise in all kinds of crafts. He is a master craftsman, expert in working with gold, silver, and bronze. He is skilled in engraving and in mounting gemstones and in carving wood. He is a master at every craft. So Bezalel is described as a craftsman, an artist. He's a woodworker. He works with his hands. He has all these things that describe him. And the thing is, Bezalel is obviously impressive. I don't think that there's any way in my lifetime that I'm going to check off all of the boxes that Bezalel does with his genuine skill. But what stands out isn't necessarily how skilled Bezalel is. It's that the description that God gives Moses and that Moses gives the people is a description of who Bezalel already is. There's not a class he has to take. There's not a specific box of hero or leader he needs to do. All God needs is, hey, I made you. God is the original designer. God is the original creator. God is the original artist. And he's the one who has all of these beautiful designs in his mind in the first place. And God says, I need that. I need what I created, what I designed that was good in the first place. And then I need you to be filled with my spirit. Those things together, that's what I need to make a hero. I don't need anything else. I don't need you to be called to be a church planner. I don't need you to be royalty. I don't need you to have this specific thing in your head of what you think a hero is. I just need who you are. It's who I made in the first place. I made it on purpose, and I need my spirit in you, and that is what makes a hero. And I think another just side point, I just love in this, that this is, like I said, the second book of the Bible. We're still really early on. I also love what this reflects about God, the creator. I think God of the Old Testament, we put in this box that he's like cold and standoffish. And we're like, that's nice. You're God, but let's talk about Jesus more. And I think that the fact that Bezalel as an artist and a creative is honored so early on just reminds us like, God has always been about beauty. He has always been about creativity. And the God of the Old Testament is so much more approachable and so much more beautiful than like the small box we put him in. That's a side thing though. You just got that for free. So our second point is that Bezalel did not take on all the work by himself. This one we can see in the next part of Exodus 35. So we read verse 30 to 33, and now we're going to keep going in verse 34. 
And the Lord has given both him, him being Bezalel, and Aholiab, son of, son of Ahismahak, the tribe of Dan, the ability to teach their skills to others. The Lord has given them special skills as engravers, designers, embroiderers in blue, purple, and scarlet thread on fine linen cloth and weavers. They excel as craftsmen and as designers. So Bezalel's not just this hero walking around and doing everything on his own. Bezalel has a right-hand man, Aholiab. And then not only that, but you're going to see, if you would keep reading the scripture, that um, Moses is also told by God to call every skilled craftsman who is willing to come play a part. And then on top of that, the nation of Israel, so every single person that is a part of this nation is invited to bring offerings of silver and gold and scarlet and blue thread and fine jewelry and anything that they can bring. So you have Bezalel. He has a right-hand man. Okay, now we have all of this craftsmen that are willing. Okay, now that we have the entire nation. So I think it's so easy. This is so countercultural to what we picture because when we picture heroes, it's easy to think of a one-man show or an independent strong person. Or maybe it's not what you think of when you think of heroes, but at least when it's your job to be a leader or to get something done or to obey God, you have to do it all alone. You've been given this thing and it's yours to do, or you have to be the perfect mom that never asks for help, or you have to be the group leader that goes ahead and you're going to host and you're also going to make sure there's a really good dinner. And then you're also going to make sure the babysitter's always taken care of. You will always be the communicator. You're going to be the one that makes sure everything is lined up. But that is not what God lays out in scripture. This is not the only place in scripture that shows that God is about community. God is a communal God. If God himself functions in community because God functions within the Trinity, then how in the world would any of us be able to take on any tasks on our own and be successful? Um, something that's really beautiful about this, I think that when God lays out a picture that's countercultural to what we're used to, it's kind of hard to adopt or imagine. But the thing is, what goes on in this story, what you hear, is that eventually the craftsmen and Bezalel, they literally have to go to Moses and they're like, Moses, we have more than we're ever going to need. We need you to actually order Israel to stop bringing offerings. We have too much. And so can you guys imagine, we're talking about a nation who... They have the disappointment of not going in the promised land yet. They're homeless-ish. They have tents. They're completely learning who they are as a nation, and so it could be chaotic. And instead, when they are asked to participate in this work, everybody goes back to their tents, and they bring what they have, and so many people participate that there's literally an overflow and they have to say, stop, like we literally can't take anymore. And that is what God designed. Our church, Three Creeks Church, and the global church that we're a part of, that is what we're supposed to function as. We aren't supposed to function as heroes popping up here and there and then struggling to find resources. What it's supposed to look like is God saying, I have given you more than enough. You just have to band together and link arms. And so, uh, I just, if you guys have time on your own to go to Exodus like 35 and 36, you guys can read it for yourself. And if you just want to take some time this week to just picture that and like, what was the energy like? And what were people just talking about and feeling? And what was that like for people to come together in community and just to do it together? You can just imagine that people just had this thing that looks so opposite from what we can experience where we get divided or we're all exhausted because we're alone. So 
what God paints is beautiful. He has a very good picture and a good idea in mind. So um, yeah, that is the next way that Bezalel shows off being a hero. So let us go to our next point. So point three, Bezalel followed God's instructions precisely. I mentioned earlier that it is literally five chapters long when God gives the instructions for the tabernacle. And I made the joke that it's kind of the space where you might give up on a Bible reading plan. Um, But get this. So then we're in Exodus 35, right? Well, from Exodus 35 till Exodus 39, we get almost an exact repeat of Exodus 25 to 30. So if you didn't give up on your Bible reading plan before, then you give up on it by the time that you hit Exodus 39. Because God decided to put almost the exact same instructions almost side by side in scripture. And I'm not God and I'm not God's editor, but if I was God's editor, I probably would have said, hey God, I think we got the point. Why in the world did you give the instructions here? And then not that long after you gave essentially the same instructions, except it just says, and then Bezalel made this, and then the craftsman made that, and then Bezalel made this. And you just gave the same instructions, but you explained that they were fulfilled. What's the point of putting all that in scripture? I feel like we could have saved some paper. There's actually a lot of commentaries that actually point out there is a big reason for this, and it's important. There's a reason that it was included in scripture. And the reason is to emphasize that the instructions were followed precisely. And you can go for yourself and look in scripture and say, okay, this is what God laid out and this is what Bezalel and the craftsmen did. And it is, it's precise. This is what it looks like. And what's so cool is that Bezalel was this skilled artisan, right? God's words of all the people, God himself said he is skilled at every craft. And so if you think about that, Bezalel had the ability to be given the task, hey, Bezalel, I need you to make a sanctuary, a holy enough place, heaven on earth that honors God so that God can come dwell among us. And Bezalel could have said, great, my mind is creative enough for that. I know how to do it with my hands. We can have, you're going to give me unlimited resources of the nation. You're going to give me all of these offerings and these skilled craftsmen to join me. We can make this happen. And he may have made something that was so beautiful that it was still standing today as a world wonder. But the thing is that God did not need a hero to build something that was beautiful and holy all on his own. God was insistent that he had a place that he could dwell among his people because relationship had been broken and it was so important to God that he could dwell among his people. What God needed was to bring a piece of heaven down to earth so that he could dwell there. And only God knows what heaven on earth looks like because only God exists in heaven. And so what God needed was somebody who was skilled enough and was talented enough to build something more beautiful that we could imagine, but that was humble enough to submit under God's instructions and do it God's way. And Bezalel was that hero, which is, I don't know very many heroes that are skilled that would do that today. I think that that's one of the coolest parts about Bezalel. And so when we put all of these together... Ultimately, what we can see in Bezalel's story is that Bezalel was used to create the space where God could dwell among his people. 
I mentioned in the beginning when I started talking today that um, Joel kind of coined this way of thinking about this series. It's kind of the theme that's emerged in Heroes You Haven't Heard Of. And what Joel has said is that if we brought these heroes up here, so let's say Bezalel, right? If I had Bezalel right here on stage and I could just sit down and interview him today instead of give you guys a message and say, Bezalel, tell me about it. What was the energy like? What were the people like? What was it like to hear your name come out of Moses' mouth? What was it like to be somebody who was from the tribe of Judah, where all these leaders came from and all these kings came from? And here you are, the artist, and turns out you're essential to God's plan for the tabernacle. What was it like to be the person who was called out as the constructor of God's sanctuary for your people? Bezalel would turn, just like all of our heroes would turn that we've gone through in these series, and he would look at me, and he would look at us, and he would say, yeah, that was easily the hands down the most amazing thing that I got to do in my lifetime. But what I need you to understand is nothing that I did was amazing. You don't want to waste time this morning talking about what I did or what it was like, what my experience was like. What you need to understand that's so amazing about my story is that God has this mission that is so important to him to be among his people. And he looked at me and he said, Bezalel, I want you to be a part of that mission. That's what's so amazing. God doesn't need me. The thing is, we just talked about these instructions that God gave, right, for the tabernacle. They were detailed. They're, like I said, they reflect heaven. God himself knows what heaven looks like. So if you think about it, what Exodus could have looked like when God and Moses were talking, God could have said, okay, Moses, here's the thing. We have the Ten Commandments. We have the instructions for the people. Also, it's really, really important for me to be in relationship with my people, okay? So what I need you to do is make sure that they clear away in the middle of the camp because I'm going to drop a tabernacle right in the middle. A tabernacle, it's going to be a sanctuary. It's going to be really beautiful. I don't even need to describe it for you, though, because I... I'm very capable of making a tabernacle myself. I'm going to drop it for you. It'll be holy enough. I'll be able to dwell with you guys. There's no reason that God could not have done that. But instead, God did not do it himself. He invited Bezalel in to be a part of the mission because that is how God operates. And it's still how God operates today. There is this verse in Ephesians. It's Ephesians 2.10. And it says that for we are his workmanship. Some other translations say masterpiece, or they say his work of art. But we are God's workmanship. We're created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Instead of a tabernacle being the only place that people can experience relationship with God, we have this radical redefinition of what relationships with God can look like because of Jesus' work. Jesus redefined what relationship with God can look at. If we follow Christ, we are all walking around with the Spirit of God in us. And we are able to go around making heaven on earth in all of the spaces that we work and live. And so if you guys have been a part of Three Creeks, if it, as long as this isn't your very first morning that you walked in the door, you've probably experienced this. There are ridiculously talented people on our worship team. And just like this morning, we have Brandon and all these volunteers that every morning bring us into this space where we can worship God and be brought into this relationship with him and just nurture that relationship and worship him in, in this beautiful way. 
We actually have a creative team at Three Creeks. I don't know how many of you guys know that, but we have people that are giving up their time, they're giving up their energy, and they are using their minds and their creativity to figure out, okay, how do we shape Three Creeks to be a space where people can find and follow God? There was, this was a few years ago, so some people may know what I'm talking about. Some people, if it's your first time hearing about a Jesse tree, then I'll just explain what they are really quick. Um, Jesse trees are these little wooden trees. They're like this big, and we make them at Christmas time so that you can have kind of an Advent season with your family. They are a way for you to have kind of a ritual in place around Advent and have a space where your family can come together and have this specific space where you are drawing close in relationship with God. Do you guys know that there was one person who's a woodworker, reminds me of Bezalel, who made every single one by hand? His name was Jason, and he made every single one when we were in the pandemic, and we weren't really able to get together as a church. And if that is not Bezalel in modern day, then I don't know what is. Um, we, there, there's so many different examples I could keep going through. I'm thinking of, um, there's Kelsey who's taking pictures today in the courtyard of group leaders, and that could sound like a task, but she is a creative who has this talent, who has this skill, who has this time, and she's saying, hey, I'm going to take time today, and I'm going to sacrifice who I am, bring it to the table, so that we can get pictures of group leaders, so ultimately we can have spaces that people can be brought into relationship through community groups. We, uh, there's just so many people, guys. Um, I'm only going to say one more because I have a long list and then we'll be here all day. Um, I think that there are dozens and that's probably an underestimate, but there are so many people in our church who have this gift of hospitality. They're so good at either opening up their homes or making a warm meal, and they have been essential in creating these safe spaces where people can build relationship, whether it's one-on-one or in a community group or in any other way of just, you need a space to feel welcome where you can be in relationship with God and with other people. And there are people that are using every single ounce of who they are and then putting it all out on the table so that other people can draw close with God. Um, We are a church that exists to help people find and follow God. And to me, I just see these modern-day Bezalels running around all over the place. And so um, whether you are or not a creative— Oh my goodness, my brain. Give me a second. I'm going to back up, okay? If you are one of these people, I don't want to skip this part. If you are one of these people that I just mentioned or somebody that I did not mention that— is just using all of who you are and bringing it to the table so that you can create spaces where people can be in relationship with God. Thank you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for bringing all of yourself to the table. Thank you for what you do for us. And if you are not one of these people, my question this morning is, could you be? Whether or not you're a creative, see, now you're seeing where I, now it's all coming together. Whether or not you are a creative, hands-on person, maybe that doesn't resonate with you this morning. All of us are still designed in a way to build relationship with people and to make spaces where people can be in a relationship with God. There's a quote from a pastor. He's really big on spiritual disciplines, on really healthy, deep discipleship. His name is Rich Villodaz. And he has this quote from a conference that he was at recently. He said, every one of us is called to help people find their way to God. 
And so whether or not you're a creative, this is not just a message for creatives, although I do hope if you are an artist, if you do work with your hands, that you feel appreciated today. This is a question for every single one of us, because remember, God has a mission to be in relationship with all people, and he uses his people to do that. So what is your space in that story? None of us are going to get it perfect. There is literally one hero in the Bible that got it perfect, and it's Jesus. Jesus is the only hero. Everybody else is kind of like a cool story that you haven't heard of. Jesus is the only one that got it perfect. But the thing is, God made you for beautiful things. He's prepared you for beautiful things. Earlier I said that Bezalel, there were two things that God used for Bezalel. God used who he already created in Bezalel, and he used him being filled with the Spirit. If you follow Christ and you are filled with the Spirit, God has already given you the two things that he wants to use for you to be a hero. And so as we wrap up today, there's going to be some questions on the screen behind me um, for reflection, and our prayer team is also going to be in the back. Um, maybe you came in here this morning and maybe anything I've said hasn't even really hit. It's just going over your head because it has just been a week or a month or a year, or you're not even sure why you showed up in a church this morning, but something just brought you into church. I encourage you to go back to the prayer team. Maybe there's something that did kind of hit you today in today's message. Go back and use the prayer team. Guys, the prayer team is another space and another group of people that these are people who are using who they are to create a space where you can draw closer in relationship to God. That is why they're back there. They would love to get to be a part of God's mission this morning. Um, the other thing I want to say is just, ultimately, we sang already today. We're not going to be doing any more worshiping this morning, but I hope that you guys got to just enjoy worshiping Jesus this morning as the day started, because ultimately, the story about Bezalel is really cool. It's so great that he got to be a part of God dwelling among his people. And it is amazing that we have that same invitation every single day that when we wake up. But none of that could have happened without Jesus coming in and flipping everything upside down and making a brand new way for us to be in relationship with God. Everything was broken and Jesus came in and he made a brand new way of us being able to be in relationship with God. And that's why it's so cool. That's why we would ever be motivated to go out and help other people be in this relationship in the first place because of this beautiful way that he made for us. So I hope you guys take advantage of the prayer team. They are back there. And whether, you not whether or not you take advantage of them, there's going to be some questions on the screen. But thank you guys. I hope you guys have a great week. Thanks for listening to the Three Creeks Church Podcast. To find out more about our church, to give online, or to attend a service, visit threecreekschurch.com.